Well, happy Easter to all of you. Again, we welcome you and thank you so much for being here today. I, I believe that you're going to be challenged. I, I believe that this message is a message of hope and, and life and it's going to speak some uh, vibrancy into you and, and you're going to leave here encouraged and I pray changed. Um, I, I'm so honored to celebrate this Easter with you all. And, you know, when you think of this holiday and, and Easter, you think of really two distinct things. One, there's the Good Friday experience where we celebrate the cross. And we did that here this past Friday and we had a Good Friday service. And then there's the Sunday part where we celebrate the resurrection. And that's why we're here today. We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the greatest miracle of all. Amen. Amen. One of the greatest experiences that could ever have happened to mankind has happened for you and for me. The two combined that we celebrate between Good Friday and today brings us to what we call Easter. A lot of people can identify with the Friday part. However, I'm not fully sure many of us quite understand what we are actually celebrating here today on this Sunday. Understand this, Friday is the day that Jesus did something that no one could ever or will ever have done for you. He took the penalty of your sin. He took the penalty of your wrongdoing and he paid that price. It makes no sense for us to, to ever reject anything that someone would pay for us. But yet so many people in our society in the world that we live in, and let's just break it down personal, even within our families, have never accepted the price of what Jesus has done for us. It wasn't just some display of love, which it was. It wasn't just some display of power, which it is, but it's so much more than that. He was actually conducting what we would call a transaction for you and for me. Hell is not a place that God designed for bad people to go to. No, it's a place where he designed for people who are willing to pay their own price. Does that make sense? Listen, it would be ridiculous for us to go about and paying our own bill when it has already been paid for us. Jesus only asks of one thing. Since he gave you his life fully, he asks that we would accept his life fully. Watch this, if Friday was so complete and was so powerful, and if it took care of everything for you and I, then why would there be a necessity for today, the Sunday? You know, I'm not downplaying what, what Jesus did for us on that Good Friday where he died on that cross for our sins. And by his stripes, the word says that we are healed. The atonement, the blood that was poured out, him nailing on that, being nailed on that cross, the ultimate and the most perfect sacrificial lamb for you and for me. You know, I look back on my own life and, and I recall that moment when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It's a moment that I cannot and will not ever forget. And I've shared it many, many times here with you as a, as a church body. But it's a moment where a decision was made where I said, you know what? I'm willing to take up. I'm willing to allow him to and accept that price that he had paid for me. So if Friday was so complete and so powerful, then why is it so necessary for there to be a Sunday? Why did Jesus need to rise from the dead? You know, I, I kind of think that there are a lot of answers to that question. And, you know, there's a lot of pastors right now all across the globe and they're all 
pretty well preaching uh, the same topic this morning or in a roundabout way, but one of those answers would be this, to prove he really is who he claimed to be. There's one thing to make claim, but it's another thing to back it up. Now look, you know, we're, we're human, right? We're, 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 we're flawed, okay? I understand it, I get it. I'm flawed, majorly, all right? But have you ever come across somebody and, and, and they've, they've promised something or they've said they can do something and then when you have the opportunity to see whether or not they could or you've challenged them and they've not lived up to it, what does that do? That creates a sense of disappointment. That creates a sense of, wow, you know, you said you could do this, but you can't do it. I don't understand. But what we can understand is this, that Jesus, he proved who he said he was by dying on that cross for our sins. He proved who he said he was by allowing that tomb to open up and for him to walk out of that tomb for our everlasting life. This is what makes our God unique and our God, God. You know, skeptics would say that that, that is nothing but a myth, but the truth is many people that weren't even Christians testified that they had actually had seen Jesus. If you look in your Bibles, you can see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where it actually says over 500 men saw Jesus and his resurrected body. Over 500 instances. Acts chapter one, verse three says this. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. But why? Why did Jesus really need to rise from the dead? I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question. I have before. Why did he really need, why was it so necessary to conquer death for himself and for me, for you, for all of us? You know, my fear today is that we come together to celebrate what we would consider a historical reality with this Easter Sunday. What I want you to understand though, is that what we are celebrating is more than what the kids are about to do out here in the field and have an Easter egg hunt. It's so much more than going out and getting your Easter best, right? Dressing up your children in their Easter best, dressing yourself up maybe in your Easter best. Some of you look really good today, all right? I'm not gonna mention the other Sundays, but today you look really nice, all right? I had to break the ice here. You're, you're a little tense on me, all right? It's so much more than a spring break where you're off school for a week. Thank God they go back Tuesday. Can I, all the parents can say amen to that one. Teachers can say boo, all right? But you know, it's so much more than what we have made it out to be. It's so much more than a free cup of coffee as you come into a sanctuary. It's so much more than your, your family gathering as you leave here this, this morning and, and, and most likely have a lunch or a dinner later on today. It's great to celebrate all these things and it's great to have all these wonderful traditions, but never let us lose sight of what this season is truly all about. Amen. And it's about what Jesus has done for you and I. Now, here's my thing here. If you came to church this Sunday thinking, I'm not gonna hear a message on the resurrection, I'm sorry, I've totally killed you, okay? Your way of thinking on that one. But it is about so much more than what we have created it to be. Our minds can not even earthly comprehend what Jesus Christ has done for us. He conquered death for himself 
and for us. Easter exists to provide power for us to come alive as well. Um, Revelations chapter 1, verse 18. I want to read the scripture with you. And it says, I am he who lives. And what? Was dead. There's a past tense there, meaning at one moment I was, but no longer am I. All other gods are dead, but he says he was dead. In other words, he is now what? Alive. He goes on to say, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I love this part. What is the next word? Hey, can somebody say it again? I think the crowd was so dry in that moment that even Jesus had to say amen himself, all right? Amen. And it goes on to say, and I have the keys, watch this, of what? Hades, what? The devil was so defeated. <laughs> the devil is so defeated that he doesn't even have the keys to his own home. All right, think about that. But he says, I have the keys of Hades and of death. The reality is this, that we need to understand keys. What do they do? They unlock something of value, something important. Okay. Keys hold secret things. Basically, Jesus is saying this. I was resurrected so that I could possess the power to unlock death from you. From you. What I can enjoy as a Christ follower and as a Christian and as a believer in Jesus Christ is this. My earthly body may one day come to its resting place, but my soul will eternally be with Jesus. Because of why? The price that he paid for me and for you. I don't have to worry about the eternal damnation of hell. I can worry about the, or rejoice rather, in the celebration that one day I will reign with him in his heavenly kingdom. Amen? Amen. So we've all had the Friday experience. We have celebrated Easter and we have never experienced this part of Easter though, the resurrection part. Many of you in this room would say, yes, I'm a Christ follower and I'm a Christian and I understand what Jesus did on that cross. But so many people leave this moment and live in this moment even as a Christ follower in misery, in dismay, not happy, not rejoicing. Paul said this in Philippians 3.10, he says, I want you to know Christ. See, that's the Friday part. But he goes on to say, and the power of his resurrection. In other words, I want you to experience both of them. So, I have a question for you, and it is this. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Christ? Have you had that Friday experience in your life? In the opener, you saw that it spoke about life to death, but then the video transformed around and went what? Death back to life. So many in the society, in the world we live in, and possibly even within this room this morning, are living a life that is life to death. But Jesus had paid the price and he gives us the opportunity to transform ourselves to where we are living from what? Death now to life. If you recall, watch this. Your existence on this earth is what? But a mere vapor. Just a vapor. 
Your existence in eternity is forever. So which is more important? You being fulfilled here on earth and the earthly pleasures are you being fulfilled in your eternal, eternal existence and living for Jesus and allowing him to be that price that was paid for you? Then it leads me to this the next one. Do you know the power of his resurrection? Since you, we have made a commitment to Jesus, have you allowed the power of his resurrection to come in and comfort the parts of you that are dead or dying? You hear things like this, I love God and I'm going to heaven and I love the church, but I feel like my life is ruined. It's not complete. It's not where I believe God wants it to be. People often think that I can be forgiven, and, 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 but I'll never get my life back, what I've lost. That my life will never be great again. That I've already made so many bad moral choices, and I've, I've messed up so much, and watch this, and now I'm scared. Even if I get saved since I messed up, I'm still in ruins. Ruin means this. It's something that's reduced to a state of decay or collapse or a disintegration. Another definition for it would be this. It's a disastrous disintegration of someone's life. The truth in your life is that many of you sit here today and you feel just that inside of you. That you've made so many wrong choices and so many moral failures and so many emotional breakdowns and so many spiritual collapses that yes, even though you've accepted Jesus and you're serving for him as best as you possibly can, you feel like you're getting nowhere spiritually because of all the choices that you've made, surely there's nothing that God can do with inside. Let me tell you something. We celebrate Good Friday because of what Jesus had done for us on the cross, but we celebrate today because there's power in the resurrection. And listen, whatever you think, hold on, hold on, before you clap, no, 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 that's not the good part. Whatever you think has been dead in your life, whatever failures morally and emotionally and spiritually that you feel has been dead and killed off in your life, God can place that same resurrection power back inside of a marriage, back inside of a home, back inside of a relationship with your children, back inside of a career, back inside of your finances. God can move powerfully in your life if we would just say, you know what? I accept this power of this resurrection. Listen, the same Jesus that came out of that grave on that Sunday morning is the same Jesus that resides right here inside of my heart and resides right inside of your heart if you've accepted it. And there's nothing that can defeat you. Amen. My prayer today comes from Ephesians for your life. I'm gonna read this, Ephesians chapter one, verses 19 through 20, and it says this. I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power. In, what does that say? There's two distinct words there that, that I wanna focus on for just a moment. It says, incredibly great. I don't think I've ever put incredibly great in front of anything. But the Bible tells us here in Ephesians, it says what? I pray that you'll begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. It's the same mighty power. Now watch this. If you're struggling, 
if you feel like your life is in ruin, if you feel like you can never live up to the standard of what God is expecting of you, let me, you're false, you're wrong. Because it says what? Is there to help those who believe him. Listen, I gotta have help every day. Okay, amen. amen. I've gotta have help every day in my life. Because watch this, as a dad, I fail all the time. I got two little boys who are high strung and we just came from Disney World. I failed Thursday. Let me tell you a story, right? I didn't plan this. It just always happens. We're sitting there. We're not sitting. We're standing. We're walking. We walked miles upon miles upon miles. All right. But Thursday morning was our last morning there and we went to the Magic Kingdom. And uh, my wife, as we're walking through the through the, uh, th through the gates to get in. She grabs me by the arm. She says, we're going to have a magical day today. And I said, oh, yes, we are. We've not had a mental, physical, or psychological, or spiritual breakdown the entire week. Do you see how I, I named all those? I say we, I, I mean me. All right. And so we, we go through the gates, and, and we're there, and, and she's got this bright idea. Hey, let's get a picture in front of the castle with the family. And trust me, you all have probably seen it on social media at some time because I have to post it. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll get a picture and it'll be picturesque. It'll be great. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. This is great. So we get up and we're standing in line and it's packed. I mean, it's like you see a colony of ants. You know what I mean? And that's what we were all. We were just little ants, you know. And so we're standing there and all of a sudden, Caden uh, wants popcorn. That's my little four-year-old. For those of you who don't know, he's, he's four. He's great. He's fantastic. And then I have a seven-year-old named Carter. And uh, you hear a lot of stories about Carter, and this is definitely one with Carter in it again. And, and so I, I get the bucket of popcorn, and I've got it there, and, and I take the lid off, and I'm taking the popcorn, and I'm bringing it over to Caden. Well, as I bring it over to Caden, Carter throws his hand up, and guess what goes flying through the air, popcorn that I paid like $30 for. And I looked at it and said, this is not a magical time. You sit there, you know? And I thought to myself, oh my, we're not having a good time here. And, and, and I don't know why I'm even into this right now, but God can speak life back into your family. Let me tell you, I needed God to speak right then. Amen. Amen. But there's so many things that we go through in life that we just don't understand. We don't have the answers for. Major things that you allowed to implode in your life, small things that you allowed to implode in your life. And then we look back on those moments and let's just say, we just, we freak out. We really do. We allow worry, we allow, we allow anxiety, we allow frustration, we allow anger, we allow disappointment. We allow a lot of things to come in. Let me remind you something. Your existence here on this earth is but what? A mere vapor. I had to remind myself of that right instantly, right in that moment. After I was like infuriated, I was like, my life is nothing but a mere vapor. Let's make this count. You know what I mean? But my deepest hope today as a pastor is this. I love seeing all the people here and, you know, all, all over the place, people are going to, you know, pastors, we all have our little circles and we're like, oh, well, how was your Easter? Well, you know, how's your Easter? You know, the success for me as a pastor today for this Easter would be this. Not how many people are sitting here, but how many people would come back next week and say, you know what, pastor, I want to be a part of this journey. 
I want to take my life away from ruin and I want to make it count for Jesus. I want God to take me because I'm not a ruined vessel. You're not a ruined vessel. You are, God is not done with your life. In fact, it's just beginning. Your future is just now going off in the way that God wants it to go. Understand this, God has got a purpose and a plan and a direction for your life. One of the greatest things in the, in the Bible, I think, well, it's the whole Bible, obviously, but one of the things that I remind myself continually is this. Before I was ever existed, and you church members, you understand what I'm about to say. Before I was ever existed, God already had a plan for my life. And then I came to be. So if God has already has a plan for my life, even before I was ever thought of, created, do you not think you're not valuable? Why do you think Jesus went and got the keys to save you from hell, from save you from eternal damnation so that one day what? You can reside with him in his kingdom. I love this. Isaiah chapter 61. We're going to get into that in just a moment. But early in Jesus' ministry, he had gone to the temple and he went over to the corner where the Old Testament scrolls were and he opened it up and he read a prophecy out of the book of Isaiah in Isaiah 61. You got to understand my way of thinking. I'm always thinking out of the box here a little bit. And the way I picture it, Jesus read the prophecy about himself. And I could see him saying something like this. He sat down and said, today it's fulfilled. Today it's fulfilled. Watch this. I'm going to read it to you. Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. It says that the spirit of the Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news. Understand that. That's the gospel. That's the Friday experience. To the poor, not looking at your social class. That's a spiritual moment right there. To the poor in spirit. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. This is where the process begins. This is where I'm wanting us as a church and wanting you as an individual to make a commitment to join this journey, this process. To proclaim freedom for the captives. And release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the years of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. In other words, he will confront the enemies of demonic principalities that are against your life. Goes on to say, to comfort all who what? Mourn. And to provide for those who grieve in Zion. In other words, I want to heal your life. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. So now he doesn't just want to save you. He wants to heal you. He wants to take that broken life and he wants to rebuild it into something majestic. Goes on to say, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes and of the joy. Continue to verse four, please. Instead of mourning and a garment of praise, instead of, of the spirit of despair, they will be called what? Oaks of righteousness. That's the result. It goes on to say that they will what? Build the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for what? Generations. I want you to know this, that Easter, it's not just an event, but it's an invitation for us so that God can begin a process Begin a new process within your life to rebuild and to construct. Your ruins can come back to life. Number one, a couple things that we need to consider. 
is this, and it's really simple. Stop dying. The scripture that we just read said that the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news, what? To the poor. That's the Friday experience. Stop dying and start living. It's time to make a, for us to make a decision right now. Why put it off any longer? So many have put it off. C.S. Lewis said it this way. Easter is death working backwards. Jesus is the only one who can take your current decay, your current state, and flip the script and turn it into something special and something beautiful. But what's the catch? What does Jesus say about it? What, is, what does he say to us? In John eleven twenty five 25 through 26, he says this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's all it takes. It's a simple thought, an expression of, I believe. And then secondly, we need to do this, start rebuilding. The scripture said to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness for the prisoners. This is the process. Church wasn't designed to be a place for change. It was designed to be a catalyst for those who want to change. Again, my perfect Easter isn't of those who are here. It's those who return to say, I'm willing and wanting this process for my life. Watch this. Grace will meet you where you are, but it will never leave you where it, what? Found you. It wants to take you on a journey. God wants to take that person who has made all sorts of bad decisions, morals ruined, finances ruined, marriages ruined, and turn it into something majestic and beautiful. You know, I, I say that because I've been where many of you are in your own life, in a place of ruin, in a place where I was, I had a belief in Jesus and I had the relationship with him, but man, I was going through a really hard season in my life. Many times I've prayed, you know, God, I would just love to forget about that season. I would love to move past that and no longer be reminded of it. But it's hit me. I need to be reminded. I need to be reminded where God has taken me from to where he's got me now so that he can show me where he wants me tomorrow. And the same is for your life. God is not through. You may have gone through some difficult times and some difficult seasons, but don't write yourself off. God is not through with you. He is going to continue to do the wonders in your life. He's going to fulfill what he has spoken over you. He's going to fulfill what he has told you through his scriptures. We understand Jeremiah 29 and 11. All, all, all through the, the Old Testament, we have prophecies of what Jesus will do for those who believe in him. He gives us a hope. He's going to give us a future, right? Amen. But we must start rebuilding. And then thirdly, we must stop doubting. Three says this, and, and the, um, the scripture says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Listen, you can be an oak of righteousness, 
Only God can take our brokenness and bring it back together. Only God can see the greatness inside of you and speak life back into that and say, you what? You are more than a conqueror. That no weapon formed against you will, will what? Prosper. And then lastly, as I come to a close this morning, number four is start living. It's real simple. This Resurrection Sunday, start living again. The scripture said that they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. It's bringing life. It's bringing hope. Many of us today could sit, are sitting here and, and, and you could testify that, you know, pastor, I'm not happy with where my life is. I'm not satisfied with where I am right now. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus. My, my desire today is that that commitment is made. That today, everything changes. That today, you become anew, you become fresh. There's nothing like repentance. There's nothing like knowing that you get to start over, a do-over. Your journey now becomes a new and a fresh. It starts clean today. Remember the Good Friday experience where Jesus died on that cross. It wasn't so movies could be made and it wasn't so we could just read a story through the word. It was a reality. It was something that one man did for you, for your eternity, for your eternal existence. And the greatest part about all of that is this, all it requires is Jesus, I believe. I believe. I believe in you. Save me, make me one of yours. I wanna be in your kingdom. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. But the part that I don't wanna lose focus on, and I think sometimes we do, is the resurrection. Because watch, I stand here this morning as a defeated person, as a broken person, as a person that sometimes did not wanna even get up from my own bed. As a person that sometimes I, I, I sat there and I thought to myself, why? Why even move? Why even try this? I'm tired. I'm wore out. I don't feel like moving on any further. Then I'm reminded of what Jesus did. The very life that was sucked out of him, that destroyed him, that killed him, he overcame it through the power of God and the power of his Holy Spirit. Maybe today you're here and you could say, Pastor, life has not gone how I planned it. Life really right now just stinks, it hurts. I don't know which direction I'm going in. I don't know what to do from here. In fact, you're sitting there going, I don't even know if I even wanna to respond to what I know he's going after. Let me tell you this, you need to respond. Because Jesus' love is so much more than what anyone could ever show you. The price that he paid was greater than anyone could ever pay for you. And it was freely extended to all of us. I want you to stand with me this morning. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people 
alive again. He came to take all of your brokenness and make the ruins of your life come back to life. So I want to ask you this, and, and I'm not going to do the every head bowed, every eye closed thing. Forget it. Who cares? Today you could say, you know what, Pastor? I want Jesus. I want Jesus in my life. I want to commit myself to him today. I want to make this the greatest Easter I've ever experienced to this point. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. I see these hands. I see the hands. I see them. I see it. about every eye closed. We're going to pray a prayer and I want everyone to say it together this morning. Dear Jesus, forgive me my sins. I love you. I accept you today as my Lord. You're my master and you're my savior. And from this moment on, today, Lord, I choose to live my life for you and only you. You are my Lord, you are my master, and you are my savior. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. That was a special moment. Somebody knows why that was to me this morning. And I'll not forget it for a very long time. But there's so many of you in here that just made that commitment today. And God moved powerfully. Heaven is rejoicing today because of that commitment that you have made in your life. You have gone from death to life, from hell to heaven, from the grave to you're alive. Now, we're a room full of Christians, or you should be. If not, I'll work on you again. But maybe you you sat here today and you've heard this message and you're like, you know, some of this has really spoke to me. I I get it. I've, I've gone through some difficult seasons, difficult times, and I felt like some things have been ruined. I feel like some things will never be fixed or managed again, and I, I need you, God, to, to tie these loose ends. I need you, God, to resurrect this ruinness in my life, this marriage or friendships or watch this spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. I don't know what it is in you. What is keeping you up at night? What is weighing heavy on your mind and your heart? Do you know why it is? Because you've not handed it to God. I love it, and, and forgive me as a pastor, but I just the, the, the scripture just left my mind. But it says that we are to cast all what? Anxieties and cares to him, cast them. Not with the fishing rod so you can reel it back in, right? Take that rock, throw it into that ocean and be done with it. 
no more. If that's you today, I'm gonna extend an invitation to you to stand up, to come out from your seat and to come to this front. I'm not gonna mess with you, I promise. Uh, God's gonna mess with you, I promise. But I want you to step out from where you're at and, and you know, Pastor Kevin, that's me. I need God to take me from this ruined life that I have kind of just pushed to the side and said, no, nothing will ever be done with that. God can never fix that. God can fix all things. Amen. So I'm gonna invite you to step out right now where you're at and come up here to the front. Come on. I'll stand here all day. I really will. You will miss your dinner reservation. If there's some things in your life that you need to say, God, you know what? I'm giving it over to you today. I need you to take care of this. I'm asking you to step out where you're at. It's not a time to be bashful. It's a time to be genuine. This is your moment with God. This is your moment where you talk to your Savior and you can say, Lord, I need you to take care of this because I can't do this on my own anymore. In fact, I don't want to do this on my own anymore.